Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Share with you something I believe the Lord has laid on my heart. In fact, this word that I'm sharing with you is something that He gave me a little over a week ago. And um, I believe God wants all of us today just to lean in, to lean in and to be ready to receive His word for our life. And so today's message, I've titled it, Chasing God's Will. Chasing God's Will. Say that, Chasing God's Will. Chasing God's Will. How how many of you here this morning, you want to know and you want to do the will of God in your life? Would you raise your hand? You You want to know the will of God and you want to do the will of God. And that's where the phrase comes, Chasing God's will. What does it what does it mean to chase God's will? What does it mean to to walk in the in the will of God? Now, I'm I'm gonna share a few things with you here, but when you're in the Bible, reading the Bible, and you see the Lord's will or you see God's will, God's will in the Bible is a Greek word there, and it means purpose. When you see the Lord's will or you see God's will, it's a Greek word. You do not want me to try to even pronounce it. But it means purpose. It means purpose. So God's will means God's purpose for your life. And I hope that everybody in this place today, no matter who you are, no matter your age, no matter what your background may be, I hope you realize that God has a purpose for your life. God has a a will for your life. In fact, if you don't get anything else out of the message today, you need to hear this right here. God's will and God's purpose for your life is better than your will and your purpose for your life. God's will and God's purpose is better than your own will for your own life because God is perfect. He knows what we need. So I want to talk to you this morning about chasing God's will. I want you to get your Bibles out, whether you have a real Bible or one on device, some kind of device that you can pull out, but Pull your Bible out, please. And I'm reading today from the New Living Translation. I just like the New Living Translation. I like the way it explains it. But I want you to turn to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4. And I'm going to read to you 11 verses. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's really not. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. So I'm going to pull out these magnifiers. I heard somebody say, Lord, help him. I'm going to start here, and and let me just say something for you. Peter has written this letter here, and what he's doing is he's, he's, he's talking about that when we follow Christ, there's going to be suffering that we go through as Christians. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be things that we go through in our life, and he's writing this letter to encourage them, and he's He's reminding them of what Jesus went through, the suffering that he went through. To to be able to carry out the work that he did, that that great work, that good work that he did, he had to suffer. And and Peter is kind of reminding us that, 
you know, that Christ is our example and that uh, there's going to be times of suffering that we walk through, but we need to make sure that we keep doing good, we keep doing a great work for God. So here we go. Starting in verse 1, in the New Living Translation, it says, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives. Here we go. This is where it got a hold of me. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. Let me read that verse again. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. In other words, instead of chasing your own desires, now you're going to chase the will of God. You've had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do, so they slander you. But remember that they will have to face God who will judge everyone, both the living and the dead. That is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the Spirit. Verse 7, The end of the world is coming soon, Peter said. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Anybody cooking fried chicken today? I'm just, Lord help me. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Let me read that again. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. How many of you want to bring glory to God with your life? Then everything you do, not some things, but everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Father, thank you again for your word. And God, I just pray right now, God, you're anointing. I pray hearts would be receptive and open, God, to what you would want to say and do in us and through us on this Sunday morning, God. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, Peter here is reminding us, he's reminding these Christians, he's reminding us on this Sunday that now that we're saved through faith in Jesus Christ by his sufferings on the cross, that, that we shouldn't spend the rest of our lives chasing our own desires, but we should spend the rest of our lives chasing the will of God. Every one of you in here today, you've been created to do the will of God. Every single one of you in here today have been created to do the will of God. I, I know we disqualify ourselves by what we have gone through or what we lack, or, but you know God has created everyone to do the will of God. God has blessed you with special qualities and abilities and gifts to be able to carry out his will. You've been created. You've been called by God to walk in his purpose 
uh, with your life all for the glory of God, all for the glory of God. If you want to know what you've been created for, it's, the, it's so God can use your life to bring glory to him. Amen. And that starts by having that willingness to chase after God's will. I hope and pray this morning that that is your testimony. First of all, I hope and pray that you're saved and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I hope your testimony this morning is that, you, that you're saved and you, you have set out to spend the rest of your life chasing the will of God, that you're anxious to do the will of God, that you're determined to do the will of God. I pray that's your heart today. Now, hear me, because chasing God's heart, chasing God's will, first happens with a desire to do the will of God. Say desire. You got to have the desire to want to do the will of God. And that's what I want to tell you first and foremost is we have to start by praying and asking God to give us a desire to do his will. A desire to do his will. That's a good prayer to pray right there. God, give me a desire to do your will. The problem that we see sometimes even with God's people that are in church we, we have a desire to come to church, and that's great. We need to come to church. We need to have a desire to come to church. We have a desire to be encouraged through the praise and through the preaching, and, and we should be encouraged and, uh, through the praises and through the preaching of the word. We have a desire. We have a desire to see our families blessed by the hand of God. Amen. We have a desire to receive God's blessings over our life. But one thing that I've noticed is sometimes there's no real desire to do God's will. There's a desire from God's people to come to church. There's a desire from God's people to be able to sing. There's a desire to receive all the blessings from God, but there's no real desire to do God's will. There's no real desire to chase after God's will for your life because for some people it just doesn't fit your schedule. Mm. go ahead and get the car ready early today there's no real desire to do God's will because it doesn't fit into your schedule it doesn't fit into your plan it doesn't fit into what your preconceived idea of what your life and your future looks like to you maybe God has other plans so we have no real desire to do the will of God and you can look at Peter's life. He was a prime example. He was writing this letter here. Peter didn't always have a desire to do the will of God. You can see at times in Peter's life where he got his eyes off of Jesus. You can see in the scriptures where he denied Christ. You can see in the scriptures where Peter actually went back to his old way of fishing and that old lifestyle after Jesus was crucified. You can see that Jesus, I mean, that Peter not necessarily always had the desire to do the will of God. You can even see that in the Apostle Paul's life. He didn't have a desire to always do the will of God. In fact, Paul was seeking his own will over God's will, but then he has an encounter with Jesus and his life is changed. How many of you know this morning that when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, your life is going to change? Your life is going to change. Your, your, your desires are going to change. And Paul, he, his, his life was changed. His desires were changed. And he asked this question of the Lord. We read it in Acts chapter 9. And it's kind of a twofold question. Lord, who are you and what do you want me to do? Isn't that a good thing to ask of the Lord? Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm saved now. My life has been changed. What is it that you want me to do? 
That's a desire to do God's will. Paul had a desire to do God's will. Psalm 143.10 says this right here. The psalmist was telling us that we actually need to pray for God's will. In Psalm 143.10 it says, Teach me to do your will for you are my God. Teach me to do your will. That's a good prayer to pray. God, give me a desire to do your will. God, teach me to do your will. Jesus said this right here in Matthew 6.10. Jesus said that when you pray, you need to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you pray, pray for God's will to be done. When you wake up every morning, let it be, God, not my will, but your will be done. Your will be done. And Jesus said, pray, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And my heart, listen, I shared a message a few weeks ago talking about being in the last hour. And I truly believe it with all of my heart that we are in the last hour. Peter refers to it here in verse 7 when he says that the all, all things, the world is near, the end of the world is near. And I want our church to be a church full of people who have a desire to do the will of God. I want everybody in this church to have a, a desire to know the will of God, to do the will of God, and, and to do what uh, the scriptures say. Don't be anxious about trying to uh, chase after your own evil desires, but be anxious and determined about doing the will of God. You know how Solomon said it? Solomon said it in Ecclesiastes. He says, you know what you need to stop doing? Stop chasing the wind. Some of you are just chasing the wind. You're chasing the wind. Wherever the wind, you're chasing after things that you can't grab a hold of, hoping it's going to bring you some kind of satisfaction and pleasure. And instead of chasing wind, you need to chase the will of God. Chase the will of God. God, help us to chase your will. Let our church be that church. When Jesus, when you come back, may our church be full of people that have a heart to do the will of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6, write that scripture down. Uh, I can't remember if I put it on the screen or not, but you can write it down because the Apostle Paul made this statement right here. He says, as slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all of your heart. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all of your heart. We need to pray and ask God to give us a heart to do His will. God, give us your heart. Give us a heart to do your will. Give us a heart to do your will. That's what Paul said, pray, pray. God, give me a heart to do your will, God. Don't you want to have a heart to do the will of God? I want to have a heart to do the will of God. You know why? Because I don't want to be ordinary. I want to be extraordinary for the Lord. Now, I don't want to be weird and crazy. I can go ahead and tell you that right now. Don't say nothing, Jason Lee. Takes one to know one. <laughs> but listen here, I want, I want to be extraordinary for the Lord. And the only way that we're going to be extraordinary for the Lord and be used by God is to pray, God, give me a heart to do your will. I don't want to just come to church and sit in a chair and sit in a pew and go through the religious motions. No, I want my life to make a difference. I want my life to count. I want my life to do something for the glory of God. Jesus, God, may, may our prayer be, God, give us a heart. Give us a desire to do the will of God. 
You know what Peter said? Peter said, you know what? You're going to make a decision to go after and chase the will of God. And when you do and you stop going down that path that you were going down, guess what? People are going to start to slander you. One translation says they're going to heap abuse on you. They're going to wonder, why aren't you participating in the wild parties? Why aren't you participating in the, in the drunk festival? Why aren't you participating in all this immorality? It's because Jesus has changed my life. He's changed my life. And let me just tell you, friend, even when people slander you and ridicule you and they heap abuse on you, you know what? God set my heart to do your will. God set my heart to do your will. They, they can talk about me. They can say what they, what they want to say. They can call me weird and crazy all they want to. I know I'm just being extraordinary for the Lord. They can slander me. They can heap abuse on me. But God set my heart to do your will. When the world and the enemy come against you and attack you and mock you, God set my heart to do your will. I want my life to make a difference. Amen. I want God to use my life in this last hour. I want my life to count to give glory to God. Don't you? And the only way you're going to have that kind of heart is when you make, the, make Jesus Lord over your life. Make, make him Lord. See, sometimes we're, we're afraid to use that word Lord. That means he's in charge. Hello, newsflash here at Mount Olive this morning. You're not in charge. Look, look to the person beside you and let them know you're not in charge. Some of y'all said that with some authority. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of y'all got a blessing saying that. Listen, we're not in charge. When Jesus is Lord, he's in charge. I remember, uh, it's been a while back, where staff meetings, we do devotions. And I remember one time, Sister Robin Hall, she's on the live stream right now, so I know she hears me. She shared a... a Devotion one morning reminding us that Jesus is like in the air traffic controller. He's in the tower, and we're the pilot. Just reminded me when I was thinking about this message here that, you know what, Jesus is in the he's in the control tower. We're 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 in the we're in the seat. We're in the we're the pilot flying the airplane. We're in the seat. We're we're getting all of our guidance and directions, and they're coming from the one sitting in the control tower. So we ask the questions. Uh, you know, I'm talking about doing the will of God. When can I take off? When can I land? When do I need to change course? Don't you want, hey, listen, we can't see what's going on all around us, but God sees everything that's going on around us. We don't know what's around us in the sky. We don't know what's going on, but he knows, and he knows when we need to take off. He knows when we need to land. He knows when we need to change course because he's the one in control. And when we declare that Jesus is Lord, then we know that there's information coming from the control tower that's going to bring guidance to us and direction to our life. So when he's the one making the call, we can't go wrong. Praise God. Aren't you thankful this morning that Jesus is in the control tower and he's guiding and he's directing? We're getting our information from him. You wouldn't want me in the control tower. I can tell you that right now. Hallelujah, everybody. Come on, take off. Lord, help us. Let me tell you something about God's will. This is something that I learned in the scriptures here. And if you, if you study the scriptures long enough, you'll see a pattern forming, but there, there's actually two phases to God's will, two phases to God's will. 
You can write this down if you don't mind. Write it down. There's, a, there's the general will of God. There's the general will of God, and then there's the personal will of God. There's the general will of God. There's the personal will of God. One way you can say it is that there's the revealed will of God, and then there's the unique will of God for your own life. Like I believe right now that I'm, I'm, this is God's will for my life to be standing on this platform this morning preaching to you. You, you may not feel like that's your unique will for your life, but I feel that's the unique will of God for my life. But, and it's, everybody's will is different. That unique will is different. But there's two phases of God's will. There's the general will and there's the personal will, the revealed will of God and the unique will of God. Now, now God's general will, his general will is revealed in his word, in his word. It, listen, you don't, have to, you don't have to try to figure out what God's general will is for your life. It's very clear because it's in the word of God. In fact, you can see God's general will right here in 1 Peter chapter 4. God's general will. How many of you want to know what God's general will is for your life? Well, here we go. This is just a few things because I could stand up here for hours and tell you what God's general will is for your life. But here we go. God's general will for your life is turn from sin. Turn from sin. God's general will for you is to repent and get saved. God's general will for your life is to live a holy life. Turn away from destructive things. God's general will for you is to pray and to walk by faith. His general will for your life is to be thankful and to show love to each other. His general will is for you to help people, to give to people, to serve people, to feed people, to do good to people, to use your God-given gifts to glorify God. That is God's general will for your life, friend. Listen, that is his general will. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to say, God, what is your will for my life? All you got to do is open up your Bible and there it is. That's why you need to read your Bible. Well, I, I want to know what God's will is for my life. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm in a place right now and I just need to know what God's will is. My, okay, are you reading your Bible? Open your Bible because right there is God's general will for your life. And what happens is we ignore God's general will and we want to move on to God's unique will. And God says, uh-uh, it's not, it don't happen like that. You do my revealed will and then, then God will send you the unique will. God help us to walk in that general will that he has for our life. God help us. Now here's something else I've learned. From the scriptures that when you, when you chase after God's will, when you chase after doing the, the, the general will of God, the revealed will of God, then the unique will of God is going to find you. It's going to find you. You're not going to have to wake up and say, today I need to go discover what God's personal will is for my life. I, I need to, I'm, today I'm going to go searching for God's unique will for my life. I believe this from what I see in the scriptures that when you, when you walk and chase after God's general will, his, his, his uh, will for your life, that's when the unique will of God will find you. It will find you. You don't have to go looking for it. It's going to find you. Here, let me give you an example. And I could give you an example all the way through Old Testament to New Testament. Let's talk about Peter. Since Peter's written this letter, he's wrote this letter here in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Peter, if you remember there, Peter was on a housetop praying. He's praying. He's been instructed to pray through Jesus Christ. To pray in the name of Jesus. So what is Peter doing? Peter is praying in faith. What is he doing? He's walking out the general will of God for his life. He's chasing after the general will of God for his life. He's doing exactly what the scriptures say. You need to pray. You need to have faith. So he's doing the general will of God. And he's on this rooftop and he's praying. 
And you remember the scripture in Acts 10. Remember like a sheet came down from heaven and these animals appeared, some reptiles, and, and, and uh, he was asked to eat those animals and Peter declared they were unclean. And, and what was happening was that God was preparing him because there was these people coming to represent Cornelius who was not a Jew but a Gentile who was part of the Roman army and, and they send these uh, three men to, to Peter and Peter's on the rooftop praying doing the general will of God and the unique will of God comes and finds him the unique will of God comes and finds him and these men come and get him and, and Peter has heard from the Lord I mean where is Peter going to look at in the scriptures and say hey three men are going to come you're going to go with them you're going to go back to Cornelius' house and you're going to preach the good news and these men are going to get saved and they're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit where is Peter going to read that in the word of God in the Old Testament he's not going to read it no what he was doing he was doing the general will of God and while he was doing it the unique will of God came and found him and that's so encouraging. And I could give you an example after an example all through the scriptures where people were just doing the general will of God and the unique will of God came and found them. The unique will of God, that personal will of God will find you. The unique will of God may not always be easy either because here we have a Jew who's having to leave and go into a Gentile's house. It may not always be easy for you to do the unique will of God it may not always be explainable. The unique will of God might involve suffering. The unique will of God might involve stretching you. The unique will of God might involve sacrifices for you to make. God's unique will might involve you moving out of your comfort zone. It's not going to be easy when you do the unique will of God. And God's unique will might not even be about you. It might not even be about you because Peter's unique will was not about him. It was about Gentiles coming to Christ. God's unique will might not be about you at all. Think about Moses. God's unique will for Moses was not about Moses. It was about Moses being used to deliver God's people out of Egypt. God's unique will for John the Baptist. It was not about John the Baptist. And said, hey, he said, let me decrease so God can increase. He says, you know what? My will is to be a voice in the wilderness crying out, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Our Heavenly Father's will for His Son was about Jesus coming to this earth to rescue and redeem sinners. Aren't you thankful today that He did that for us? You see, God's unique will might not be about you at all. God's unique will might be for you. It might not be about you, but it might be about your children and your grandchildren that God's raising you up to be somebody to show them the way of the Lord, to, to, to point them to Jesus Christ. God's unique will might be about you helping people who are in captivity and who are in bondage. God's unique will for you might be about you reaching and teaching the next generation the ways of God. God's unique will might be for you to be a light for your classmates or your co-workers that they would see Christ in you. Some of you get so fed up on Monday mornings. Oh, God, why have I got to go to that place again? Talking about work. Hey, could it be that there's no testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ at your work and God has got a unique will for your life for you to go there and for you to be light in that company? Could it be there's no testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ in a school or in a classroom and God's unique will over your life is to call you into that place so you can point those people to Jesus Christ? Could it be that that's God's unique will? Listen, one thing that I know, God's unique will is never about you. It's always going to be about blessing and reaching other people. All for the glory of God. All for the glory of God. 
God help us to walk in his unique will. But it starts by doing his general will. And here's the good news. I'm almost done. Lord, have mercy. Can we turn the clock back one more hour? <laughs> Hallelujah. It's hot up here. We, we need God's strength to do his will. You want to do God's will, but you don't have to do it in your own strength. You do it in the strength that God gives us because here's what the Bible says. Peter said right here in this letter, he says, God will... God's will, for y'all that want to walk out and chase after God's will, he says you can do it with the strength and energy that God supplies. God supplies it. God supplies the energy. God supplies the strength. God supplies everything you need. We can't do it in our own power. Think about when they went into the upper room on Pentecost. They went into that room doing the general will of God. They were praying and seeking the face of God. And when they came out, God had a unique will for them. And Peter stood up in power and preached the gospel. And thousands were saved. He didn't do it in his own strength. He did it in the strength that God supplied to him. And doing God's will... It's going, to it's going to require strength and power beyond our ability. And that's why the Bible says, be strong in the Lord and mighty in his power. That's why the Bible tells us, apart from Christ, that we can do nothing. That's why the Bible tells us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Listen, some of you have walked in this morning and, and you're facing some impossible situations. What God may be calling you to do may seem like a task that you can't do it and and it's getting you out of your comfort zone but be encouraged this morning that God will supply the strength that you need to be able to walk out his will for your life God will supply the strength God will give you the wisdom God will give you the power to walk it out stop disqualifying yourself it's not about you it's not about you it's about God in you God working through you God using you so you can reach the people around you for his glory and if that's the case, God, I say, let my life bring glory to you. Use me, God. Use me, God. I don't have the education. I don't have the, uh, the ability. But, God, you do. And you can use me. And I want you to work through me. Your strength, God. I'm almost done here. The last thing I want to tell you is that there's going to be, we need to desire we need the strength but there's going to be great satisfaction when you do the will of God there's going to be great satisfaction when you do the will of God Psalm 48 Psalm 40 verse 8 says I take joy in doing your will my God I take joy in doing your will my God that word joy right there if you study that word it means gladness it means satisfied think about that I take joy in doing your will oh my God Peter, think about Peter. His life was full of ups and downs. And, and while walking in the will of God, if you keep reading the word in verse 12 that I read to you out of uh, 1 Peter 4, Peter says that we should rejoice in our suffering. Why is that in there? Rejoice in the middle of your pain. Rejoice when you're suffering. As long as you're walking in the will of God, my son, my daughter, I don't care how rough it gets, how bad it gets, how much hurt and how much pain, you rejoice that you're in the will of God. Rejoice. There's something that's satisfying 
about doing God's will no matter what kind of suffering you encounter along the way. I know it hurts, but I'm in the will of God. My heart's broken, but I'm in the will of God. There's a lot of unanswered questions, but I'm in the will of God. And I'm going to be satisfied because I'm walking in the will. I don't know, Matt. I don't care how much suffering comes. There's going to be satisfaction. You know why? But there's satisfaction. There's satisfaction because I know that my God, He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Hallelujah. There's satisfaction because I know that God is never going to fail me. He's never going to let me down. There's satisfaction knowing that He's going to provide all things through the riches of His Son, Christ Jesus. There's satisfaction this morning knowing that weeping may endure for the night but joy comes in the morning hallelujah there's satisfaction this morning knowing that my frail broken mind heart and everything else that God can still use it for his glory because I'm in the will of God same for you man we meet people all the time I know you can testify to this they have everything in the world I mean, when you look at everything they got, they got everything in the world that you could want, and they're the most miserable people you'll ever meet in your life. And then you can meet some people that, I mean, the people that I hang around that are making, trying to make them week to week. They're trying to make it from week to week, but you know what? There's a joy in their life because they're walking in the will of God. They don't have everything. They don't have the best of everything, but they have a joy because they're walking in the will of God. They have a satisfaction that nobody can take away from them because they're walking in the will of God. I can't think of anything any more satisfying than walking in the will of God. It's not going to always be easy, but it is always going to be satisfying. There's satisfaction knowing that our life is going to bring glory through Jesus Christ. That's the reward of doing the will of God. There's going to be joy. There's going to be satisfaction. Friend, Man, I'm telling you, there's no, let me, there, there's no greater satisfaction than to pray with somebody to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. That's the greatest joy in the whole world. There, there's no greater satisfaction than to be able to preach God's word and watch people respond to the word of God that returns no void and their life is changed. There's no greater satisfaction. And there's a reward to it. There's a joy that comes with it. And aren't you thankful that the joy of the Lord is our strength? The joy, the joy that we have in walking in the will of God, that's what strengthens us. That's what gives us satisfaction, the joy of walking in the will of God. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come, brother, thank you. How many of you want to pray for God's will for your life today? Come on, you want God's will for your life today? Let me tell you a good prayer to pray. Make it a daily prayer. God, today, will you help me to walk in your unique will for my life? Help me to walk in your general will, God. When I wake up and I get in the Word and your Word begins to reveal to me that this is what you want me to do, help me to be able to walk it out, God, not in my own strength, but with your strength. And as I, as I walk out your general will for my life to pray, to walk by faith, to be thankful, to be joyful, uh, and the list could go on to turn from sin, to live a holy life, to pursue after righteousness.
God, as I walk out that general will, God, I am believing you, Lord. I'm believing you that as I do that, God, I don't have to go running and trying to find your unique will for me. God, it's going to find me. It's going to find me. And I want to pray that daily, daily, daily. God, today, today, God, today. Yesterday, it's gone. Tomorrow's not here. All I have is today. God, your will be done. I want to walk in the will of God. I want to chase after the will of God. I want my life to make a difference. Can you imagine a revival that would take place in this church right here if everybody every morning woke up and they made a daily prayer and says, Lord, today, give me a desire to do your will. God, give me your heart to do your will. God, give me the strength to do your will. God, bring satisfaction as I do your will. God, I want to chase your will for the rest of my life. Can you imagine the revival that would take place in this church right here? Oh, wow. We would see God do some great things because God's going to honor that prayer. He's going to answer that prayer. And so we want to pray now. I want to invite you to stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you this morning, I can already see it on your face right now. I can already see it on your face. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, in my, I'm going into my 80s. And you know what? My time and my season, I don't think this message was for me today. Do you remember how old Moses was when God used him? In his 80s. Okay, well, I know what some of you might be thinking. Well, you know what? I'm just so young. You're you're in my my school. (laughs) I'm just so young. Can God really use somebody as young as me? Can God use somebody that's a teenager? Do Do you remember David? Shepherd boy? Took out Goliath the giant? So there's no excuses. There's no excuses. Hey, next Sunday, Preacher Roy is going to be here. He's 98 years old preaching the Word of God. No excuses. No excuses. So listen to me right here, please. If you want to walk and chase after the will of God, throw out all excuses right now. Throw out all excuses. And just say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Use me, Lord. Use me. God, I pray for a desire to spend the rest of my life. God, help me not to waver. Help me not to get off the rails. Help me not to go sideways. God, help me to stay on your path for your purpose and for your will for my life. God, help me. Give me that desire. God, give me that heart to do the will of God. Lord, I pray for strength, God. I pray for strength, God. Fill this church with strength, God, to do your will. And God, we're believing that the reward is going to be satisfaction. Joy unspeakable. Hallelujah. Joy unspeakable.